my first rescue was in the summer of 2015. Someone actually had a litter of puppies and threw them in a ditch on the side of the road. So we saved those 10 dogs' lives, and that was what really started my organization. We use volunteer pilots to rescue animals facing euthanasia by flying them from kill shelters to no-kill shelters, foster homes, and adoption centers. I don't think it's right that we slaughter four million animals in this country each year. I invest a minimum of $10,000 a year into my charity. What's more? No? You okay? If I had the means, I would donate 100000 a million. $10,000 is a lot of money, but it doesn't seem like a lot of money to be personally invested into something I believe in. So I'll put one dog in, then I'll put the crates in right now. Oh, I see what you do. Okay. I fly instead of driving because of the experience, the challenge, and of course, I love it. Uh, and a five-hour drive flying could only take maybe an hour. We don't know for sure that the animal knows it's being rescued, but I do think dogs have a sense of where they came from, and they know that they're going on a journey, and I would imagine that they are hoping that they're going to be adopted by a loving family. Rutland County traffic, arrow on short and final runway one, Rutland County traffic. We're thrilled that Michael was able to volunteer his time to bring him up here today. I don't know that we would have been able to get these dogs if it weren't for him. I would say within five or six days, they'll be going up for adoption. In terms of saving animals, we're just scratching the surface. Sheer numbers, of course, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. But what, what's happening is you have a kind of uh, exponential effect. You're creating awareness regarding this problem. play one more video because this is the reason I got in touch with this organization um, is this and you might recognize this organization but they work together here you go The purpose of this mission today is to fly a critically endangered red wolf to her new home in Chattanooga Tennessee where she will be paired with a male for breeding this upcoming winter we hope that they'll bond and, and have puppies this spring. Uh, the red wolf is critically endangered. There are currently seven known collared individuals in the wild. Seven, I'll let that sink in for a moment. 
are trying to increase our captive population with the hopes that some of these captive animals can be released into the wild to bolster that lessening wild population. And we're really excited to be bringing Marley in to breed with our male wolf, Colbert. And the flight is important for transportation of animals because flying the animal lowers the stress levels big time. This flight today is so much more than just moving an animal from point A to point B. It's actually contributing to the greater good of the species as a whole. Big time. Tipsy Nomad with $100, big time. Um, then we got Ron John with $50, Crash and Burn with $5, Conch with $24.19, and KZ with $50 as well. Um, so $229.19, thank you guys so much. Unknown Gamer with a five gifted, I appreciate that. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It is cold. Mike is low. Hello, hello, hello. Better? Hello? Hello? Okay. Um, so, welcome back to the podcast, the first podcast where I am bald. Um, Danza with $25, appreciate that. And Warber with 20. And James Harden with 10. It's still low. This is as high as I can make it, okay? I'll try to talk a little bit louder. Um, today we're talking to Michael Schneider, who's the founder of Pilots to the Rescue. Um, I, holy shit. Sugar, Buckethead with $20, A-Zippy with $100, and M-Law with $10. Nice. Hair has grown. It grows really fast. Okay, but that's beside the point. Um, and Voyage Synths with $10. Thank you. Um, the alerts are catching up. The lights just flickered. That I don't like that. Koopa Steve with $77.77. Okay. Um, yes, you donate to my tip link. Uh, Pilots to the Rescue's PayPal is linked into my, my Twitch account, so the money goes straight to them. I will not see it today, um, but the alerts will show up on screen. Um, Michael Schneider is a pilot. He's founded Pilots to the Rescue. Um, we're going to talk to him about why he founded this organization, what it is that they've done. I got in contact with them uh, because they've worked with the Wolf Conservation Center. Um, Jateau with $25 and Loco with 10 Thank you so much. So... Maya says, um, like 20 times a minute. Okay, you can host the show then. Uh, shut up, Leonard, with $10. Thank you so much. All right. Pilots of the Rescue has worked with Wolf Conservation Center uh, in the past. I showed you that video just now. And they've also transported sea turtles uh, for a sea turtle rescue in New Jersey. Um, they do really, really great work to, to transport animals on a volunteer basis. They use volunteer pilots for this reason. So I thought it was a really interesting organization to talk to. It's a little bit different for this podcast. Goal is already done. Spiderland with $10. Thank you. $556.96. All right. Um, I just thought it would be a really really cool organization to feature on the podcast because it's so different. You know, usually it's species specific. Usually we talk about uh, a species or we talk about research or we talk about an organization representing a species but this is one of those organizations that's vital in the behind the scenes processes that's not necessarily working on the ground with the species but um, are helping tremendously anyway so loco thank you again your donations are going straight to them you can do command org if you want to be taken to their socials we have their are the lights flickering or is that just me we have their uh, their Instagram, their 
Twitch channel, which is which is a relatively new addition to them, which is pretty cool. Their Instagram, their Twitch channel, and then their Facebook. Uh, if if you would like to if you'd like to be involved in those socials. Thank you for the bits. Crowway with five dollars. I love mess with ten. Uh, Hill with twenty. Thank you. Okay. So everybody prays that the power doesn't go out because that would be really unfortunate. I am a couple minutes behind today because we had a bit of a camera issue. Josh with $10, thank you. So I know this was a relatively quick intro, but um, I'm going to try to call to call Michael right after I tell you about the fact that there's a quiz at the end of the podcast. If you'd like to participate in it, it's just based off my conversation with Michael today. going to be super easy. Uh, if you win the quiz, you get a gifted sub to my channel. If you're not already subbed to my channel, I will gift you a sub to a different channel on Twitch. It could even be Pilots to the Rescue if you want. Or um, you can ask me to donate an additional $5 to Pilots to the Rescue today. So there's the quiz. If you want to ask a question, you can use the ask bot. Just hashtag ask followed by your question. Nothing fancy. It'll send it to a document for me. Uh, Max just did a really great example. So if you have a question, go ahead and ask it. Uh, I will ask Michael through throughout the podcast. But without further ado, I'm going to call Michael. Is there anything that I'm missing? Whenever I miss a week of the podcast, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Indie Candy with $10 and Dylan with 15 and Skeddy with 5 The poll! Oh, shoot. I don't know that the... I don't know that the poll is relevant for today. Red, thank you for the 50. Yeah, I don't think that the poll... I don't think we're going to do the poll today. But that's okay. We'll still do a quiz and all that. Red mask, thank you for the $50. We're at $681. That is amazing. All right. Chat, I will be back in a minute with Michael. Cool? All right. Nice. Hi, Maya. All right, let's make sure that everything's working. It's usually not working right away, so okay. hold on a second. Sure. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can hear you fine. There you go. Okay. Got a window capture. This. Now they can see you. And... I'm staring at myself. They can see me. Yeah. Um, so you won't be able to see me, but you'll be able to hear me. They can see both of us like we did on the test call earlier. Is there a way that I don't have to stare at myself? I'm wondering, um, hide members maybe? You can just minimize the, the application. Oh, minimize the screen. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. that's fine. <laughs> okay. No problem. Uh, welcome to the I'm podcast. Ready. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Maya. Thank you so much to all your loyal supporters and the tremendous donations they made to our small little humble organization. It means so much. Yeah, we're already at, oh my gosh, I don't know how that happened. Oh, Rigby tipped $100, so we're at $781.96 wow. already Wow. <laughs> in donations, That's which is amazing. crazy. Also, we're at just over 
oh, we're at almost 3.5k viewers, which is a lot uh, at the beginning. So thank you guys for being here. Um, Ronson tipped another hundred dollars. Now we're at eight hundred and eighty-one dollars. Um, Michael, wow. if you want to introduce yourself and then tell us about tell us about your organization, that would be a great way to start. Sure. My name is Michael Schneider. I am the founder of Pilots to the Rescue, aka Top Dog, as some people call me. <laughs> uh, I started started Pilots to the Rescue back in uh, 2015. Our first rescue we did was a litter of ditch puppies. These are puppies that someone had in North Carolina and literally threw them in the side of the ditch. It sounds like uh, a crazy story because it is, but unfortunately that's what's happening with some of the animals that we rescue. And uh, since that first rescue, um, we've rescued hundreds of animals. This year we're on pace uh, for a thousand animals is our goal in 2021. Um, that would be more animals rescued than the whole history of the organization. Uh, I love doing this work. It's not what I do for a living, but because of COVID, certainly becoming more of a reality for me with my other businesses not succeeding. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've grown the organization with hundreds of volunteer pilots and looking to get more of them involved. Um, just in the state of, of Texas, there's, a, there's always an issue with animals being euthanized from overcrowded shelters. We've rescued animals from Texas before. And um, really happy to be here. Thank you. Nice. Did you? Just, you have, how many volunteer pilots do you have? We have hundreds in our database. Wow. Um, and we're rolling out a new initiative this year to get them more involved in our organization. Uh -huh. um, we're creating a sort of a ride board or transportation board for animals so that people can go on there and post their rescue requests, uh, whether they're shelters or fosters mm -hmm. or animal sanctuaries. And then the pilots will be notified uh, when it falls within their range, and then they can do that mission all on their own. Because I'm just one person with uh, a bunch of volunteers that I delegate stuff to. I really want to give the power to the pilots to do their own missions. Right. That's awesome. Uh, Dyra tipped $20, and Leia tipped $50, so at $952 um, already, which is awesome. That's such a cool concept, um, having volunteer pilots do that. Uh, Max asked, how many animals has your organization saved so far? We've saved hundreds. I've lost track. But <laughs> we only got the, the charity as an organization only got their first plane a few years ago. Mm. Um, we're on our second plane already. And like I said, we're on track to rescue a thousand animals this year, which would be more than we've rescued in the whole history of the organization. Right. One thing I'll point out without getting too techy, because I don't know how many people on here are into aviation. But most private pilots, we're talking about private pilots here, not commercial ones that fly for Delta or American, or even people that fly skydivers, for example, or do crop dusting or whatnot. Mm -hmm. These are all private pilots that volunteer their own time. So when I started the organization, I only had access to these very small planes. Typically, they're four-seater, have limited range, limited capacity to carry animals. Mm -hmm. Whereas today, we have a six-seater aircraft that's like a mini SUV or a station wagon. You could take the four seats out, right. carries over 1,000 pounds. So like the rescue um, we're doing tomorrow, we're taking 20 puppies. And the shelter asked me that's if I could great. take more dogs. And I said, of course, we can take more dogs. So um, that's why our numbers, when we started the organization in the beginning, were, are, we're not that stellar. But... Um, it's all about this year. This is the year we really break out. Is this picture that you sent me, the? are these the puppies that you're rescuing tomorrow? Or are these just pictures of dogs? <laughs> no, those, those are the 20 puppies oh that we're rescuing gosh. tomorrow. That's so yeah. wonderful. What a great graphic. 
Yeah, and they uh, they named the puppies. A lot of them I named after um, planets. Aww. And my my mother-in-law adopted one of the dogs, and the dog's name is Mars. And you know what's happening in Mars right now? They just landed a rover. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty cool concept. That's yeah. amazing. But, um, yeah. Koala tipped a hundred dollars, so that got us wow. over a one thousand dollar donation goal. Um, <laughs> and then Sharky tipped five dollars and asked a question with the donation. Said, "Can you ask how to sign up and what ratings do you need? I'm getting my PPL soon. I want to do angel flights, and this could be great as well." Amazing! Congratulations on uh, getting your ticket. I remember what that was like. Um, I got my pilot's license, I think, in two thousand and nine. About 2009. Mm-hmm. So keep keep at it, hard hard work, and you'll you'll pass that that practical, and you'll be flying soon by, and taking passengers. So congratulations on that. Uh, you go to pilots to the rescue.org. It's all spelled out, and there's an application or a registration that you fill out, and then you'll be on our database. And then when we launch this self-service tool that I was talking about within the next 30 days, you'll be able to sort of um, bid on those missions and be notified uh, when there's stuff in your area. So again, it's pilots2rescue.org. There you go. And it's, it's getting linked in the chat there by space, guys. You can also awesome. do command org um, to get to their website and their other socials. Um, and you guys are on Twitch now. D- yes. Danny, thank you for the 22. Tell me about that. How did that come about? How did you find Twitch? Uh, what's the potential that you see in it? Absolutely. I mean, this is all brand new world to me. I was joking with you before, Maya, that I, I'm 44. So I grew up with dial-up modems in American Online. So... When I heard about this Twitch, I was like, what's this Twitch thing about? And I'm not a gamer, but uh, the potential is amazing. It blew me away. I found out about it through a company called Huddy, H-U-D-D-I-E, Huddy.com. Mm-hmm. And Josh, uh, Joshua Lee, who connected us, um, he basically told me the power of it and how it's a growing platform. And obviously, um, it's something not to be missed. It's a real, to me, it was a, a great little secret or a diamond in a rough, but I know for everybody that's on this, it's, you know, they've been probably using it for a long time. Um, so I, I think the big opportunity for us besides spreading our awareness is the opportunity of getting those um, complimentary subscriptions if you're an Amazon Prime member. So that, that's really the, the benefit along with the money raise that you're doing for us today. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Echo tipped $200 and Tito wow. tipped $20. Um, so we're at $1,304 right now. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about where this money is going in particular? Like operating costs, do you have something else in mind? Yeah, absolutely. So are you adjusting your goal? Because it sounds like we beat the goal you originally said. Are yes. you going to put another zero at the end of that? Yeah, now the goal is at $1,500. We adjust it throughout the podcast. I so. know, <laughs> I know, yeah. Uh, so all the money that is raised, by the way, we are a 501c3 um, public benefit charity organization. So it's 100% transparency. You can go on and download our most recent 990 and see all that information. Um, like I said, I don't do this for a living. I haven't paid myself a dime since I started the organization in 2015. Honestly, the reason I did this is because I love flying. I love animals. And I get to fly a kick-ass plane I normally couldn't afford. That doesn't suck either. Mm-hmm. Um but the, so the money goes to supporting our mission, which is public benefit flying, um, mainly animals. We also do other things like one that private pilot uh, mentioned angel flights. That's a great service that we partner with. Uh, they're not ambulatory flights. I, we mainly focus on the kids. I have four kids of my own, four and under. Um, wow. But these, these are flights where um, the family either doesn't have health insurance or they are strapped for cash. 
and some doctor or hospital is willing to treat them pro bono, but they can't endure the type of drive. It's not much different than the animals that we save. Um, these extreme lengthy drives can be very stressful, not just on these patients, but also the animals. Mm -hmm. So all this money goes to support uh, the, the mission of public benefit flights. So whether it's marketing, websites, um, supporting the pilots, um, those kind of things. We do own and operate a plane, so it does help support the um, hangar and the, all that stuff um, yeah, with absolutely. regards to the plane. Yep. Okay, very cool. That makes sense. Um, so again, Tito, thank you for the twenty one thousand three hundred and four dollars That's amazing. And if you guys donate today, it's going directly to Pilots to the Rescue. So thank you for those. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to start getting into some of these questions because there have been a bunch of really cool ones that have been asked. Um, Max, so another question from Max said, did you always want to blend aviation and animal rescue as your career or is it something that you decided after you learned aviation? Great question. It was something after I learned aviation. So I got my pilot's license in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I'm originally from New York. I reside in Brooklyn, New York right now. Um, and I learned about my love of aviation from skydiving. So I have four jumps. Um, and um, I, after my second skydive, I started asking questions of the pilot who was flying the plane because I had never been in one of these small planes before. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners haven't either, mm -hmm. but it's, it's quite an experience because a lot of these small planes, they basically just take out everything in the back. You're often sitting on the floor. You have someone strapped to you because it's a tandem skydive. And you're literally looking at the instrumentation. It's right there. You can reach out and touch the pilot if you're in the front of that mm -hmm. line, so to speak. So I became intrigued with it and I started asking the pilot um, questions about flying and he encouraged me uh, to take a discovery flight, which all of you guys have these small airports near you and they most likely have a small flight school. I would encourage everybody here to take a discovery flight. It's an exhilarating experience, whether you embark on getting your pilot's license or not. Um, it's a, probably a couple hundred bucks for the one hour flight rental and the um, instructor, you get to fly left seat. So you're pilot in control. He or she, the, the instructor takes off and lands and, but you get all the feelings of flying. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, back to your question though. Um, so after I got my pilot's license, um, I think all these private pilots, they get tired of kind of doing the same thing. Like you take some of your friends on some discovery flights, you, you fly some interesting uh, like in New York, we fly the Manhattan skyline. That's an amazing thing to do. Um, they like to call these small planes $100 hamburgers. They're more like $200, $250 hamburgers, meaning you go to a local um, restaurant at a small airport. I'm, I'm vegetarian. I don't eat meat, but they call it a $100 hamburger because that's that's what we do. And after a while, you're just looking for excuses to fly. Mm -hmm. um, but to your question, I was looking for more fulfillment with flying. And I worked so hard to get my pilot's license to just do these kind of flights, the tours and such. Right. So um, I heard about a similar organization to us was doing these animal rescue flights. And I did one with them. And then being an entrepreneur, I was like, this is awesome. I want to build my own organization from scratch. And that's those 15 ditch puppies in North Carolina that I mentioned. That was the first rescue that we did. And from there, I raised $10,000 in 48 hours just from leveraging my own uh, family and friends connections. And Holy we started God. Pilots to Rescue. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And that, and that was not through Twitch. That was phone calls <laughs> and emails. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, speaking of donations, citation tip $250. Um, citation instead, as in uh, Jack? 
Citation Jack? Citation That's my Max. question to him. <laughs> he, just say, he said, fellow pilot here, and my mother does animal rescue missions in our plane. Great cause. Thank you for showing awareness to this. Very cool. And a citation? They do rescues? I don't know. It's just a don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> I want to hear from you if you're willing to do rescues in a citation. That's quite a jet. All right. <laughs> Resmos yeah. tip $25. Thank you so much. Um, are $1,579. There are a lot of people who have asked about the process of getting animals on a plane. How do you keep them calm? What does that process look like? That's a great question. And that's probably the hardest part of doing this type of work is dealing with the size of the cabin. Although we have a pretty wide cabin and it's pretty pretty long with those four seats taken out of the back of the plane, Mm -hmm. it's like a giant game of Tetris. So all those years of playing Tetris started to pay, pay off because these animals are different sizes. Um, not all of them can be combined in crates. We we really don't tether animals anymore, like unless they're really big and you can't fit them in a crate for obvious reasons, uh, safety considerations, um, keeps the stress down on the animal when they're in the crate. They, they usually just go to sleep um, and lay down, but it, it is a giant game of Tetris and we don't want to send any of these animals back. So we're always telling the shelters and the rescues that we work with, please bring more animals than you think we can fit in this plane and we will figure out a way to fit them. Um, when we do cats and puppies, we obviously can fit way more. We've mm-hmm. rescued, we could fit nearly 40 cats, um, probably could do the same in puppies. And uh, the puppies are litters, so we can combine them often with their mother. Um, but these doors are pretty wide. Um, this particular aircraft is a 1982. That might come to surprise some of you, like, is it safe? It is safe. It's a 1982 Piper Saratoga Turbo SP. Um, and, um, you know, the they, the doors open quite wide. Um, and then you just have to work the crates. You can put them side by side. You can often stack them. We use bungee cords. Um, there's lots, there's pictures on our, a lot of pictures on our Facebook about this. And if it fits, it ships, you know, um, that's basically the way it works. Uh, we don't, we don't put any in the front nose baggage compartment. There is a baggage compartment up there, but that, that would not be safe for the animals. Mm-hmm. We don't put any on our laps because obviously there's uh, controls there, uh, but we max out that cabin 100%. Yeah, I have the video up right now of your sea turtle rescue. This is the plane that you're talking about, right? Yes. Okay, Yes. can you and, tell us about this we, rescue? Yeah, and we can't, <laughs> that's not a good example of maxing out the cabin. That was, it was a big sea turtle, Special. it was nearly a hundred pounds. Yeah. It was nearly 100 pounds, but they only had one for us to rescue. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of responses. And the great thing about that sea turtle rescue is we were coming back to our home airport. So sea turtles often get stranded. They call it a strand event. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this was new to me also. Um, so the sea turtles, sometimes they linger in their environment longer than they should. And in this case, this was in the New England Aquarium was making space in their aquarium for a strand event. So they were getting out turtles that were not thriving in their environment they weren't doing well they didn't have the resources to to help them to take these turtles that were stranded Mm -hmm. not much different than the the dogs and the cats that we rescued they had an overcrowded situation in their aquarium so we took one of these um turtles back to new jersey to sea turtle rescue or str where they had the space and the resources to nurse this sick turtle um back to so it could thrive and i believe they were successful in that um, and that was a multi-organization uh, effort. We did that rescue with uh, Turtles Fly 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, also NOAA, the government arm of, I think that stands for North 
North America observation, atmospheric something. You probably could look at it faster than I can, but it's the actual government arm that uh, supports wildlife and uh, conservation of, of these type of animals. And they often contact us just because they don't have the funds. That's the other thing is these, these larger organizations that are supposed to be um, supported publicly by our tax dollars, you know, money gets moved around a lot without getting into politics and the administration and all that. Um, I think they were, they were strapped for cash at the time. And they reach out to these volunteer partner organizations like us to do these missions because they can't afford to do them themselves. And of course we call of duty comes where we're willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Botox tipped a hundred dollars. Thank you so much. Thank you. $1,685 and 11 cents. Um, wow. So you did that wonderful sea turtle rescue mission, and then you worked with Wolf Conservation Center, which is, we had them on the podcast last week, or week before last, um, and that was amazing. How did you get in touch with them? Yeah, the great, great organization, Wolf Conservation Center out of Westchester County, New York. I'm a big fan myself. Um, they had contacted us to do some uh, red wolf rescue. Uh, this go- The first rescue we did of Jack was quite a while ago. I don't know how many years. It might have been, uh, at this point, like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, going back earlier to what I said, one of the reasons why aviation resources are so important for animal transport, especially endangered species like the red wolf, the most endangered canid in the world, Mm -hmm. is these wolves, uh, it's incredible stress to try to endure that kind of drive. So they rely on air transport in these situations to keep the stress levels down in the animal so they can acclimate more to their environment relocating these endangered species is never 100% successful. They may not thrive in their new location. So again, that's why it's so important. Uh, But Jack was a red wolf that they were hoping to meet and they did successfully with a a wolf that they had in their their conservation. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, Jack had 10 pups and that increased the worldwide population by over 100%, just that one rescue that we did. which is so fulfilling and rewarding to be able to make that happen. The fact that I had the hand in saving a whole species like that, or, you know, the red wolf species mm-hmm. is amazing. That so is we, yeah, we also rescued Marley, which was one of Jack's offspring to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And now Marley is being mated with another wolf. So it wow. keeps that cycle going, which is, it's just amazing. I have four kids and, you know, it's very rewarding as a father to have four kids and know, that you know we're going to be keeping the Schneider name alive, and they're going to have kids. But uh, to be able to do that for the red wolves and endangered species is equally as rewarding. Yeah. Um, so it's really incredible. That's um, so and cool. I'm sure you talk about this all the time, Maya. Why it's so important um, to work with endangered species because if you eradicate the the wolf, then that's going to create a proliferation of another animal and there's countless stories of why that is detrimental Mm -hmm. because we're all connected our ecosystem is all connected so if you take the red wolf out of the picture now you're going to have an elk or a deer i forget which one they eat maybe both they're going to proliferate and i think there's a story in the uh, yellowstone where this happened where they got rid of the wolves or they were the wolves were becoming a nuisance and then they had an overpopulation of these deer and elk and that caused the problem Mm -hmm. so that's why it's so important to protect our endangered species. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that weren't here at the beginning of, of the podcast, when I played those intro videos, there are seven, or as of the time that video was made, there are seven collared uh, red wolves in the wild. This is the podcast that we had um, a couple weeks ago. So 
critically critically endangered like on the brink of extinction wolf so that's that's a really really cool story um while you were telling that story we had lots of donations come in um the last one was clutch with ten dollars anonymous with twenty dollars um citation max tipped a hundred dollars again and said yes in a citation cj3 plus vet video linked uh, a jet, sorry. Video linked is us delivering 50 dog beds to an animal shelter for elderly dogs wow. in, in North Carolina. P.S. I fly out of Westchester also. What? And he linked you need a, to hit me up. Okay, he linked a you YouTube video. I will uh, send you this YouTube video on Please. Discord so That's maybe awesome. you guys can connect. That's yeah, because our, our plane's, our plane's going to be down for three weeks for an avionics install. So um, I would love for a citation i would love to do a rescue with you cool. please count on me for that contact me does he really wait let's find out <laughs> let's, let's do a little <laughs> let's do a little digging because this is actually really interesting um yeah. also there was a 300 dollars donation by wow. um inci vic um and then paxi tip five dollars iboard tip three dollars rgb with ten dollars and sharky with five dollars um so we're at we wow. hit our two thousand dollar donation goal, so now we're at wow. two thousand one hundred and thirty eight dollars and eleven cents. Um, Citation Max does stream. If this is oh one, my two, gosh, three. no kidding. Testing one two three. Maya, why don't we get him to? I know you have your new thing you're starting, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. That would be the type of jets that come to Texas, not my little plane. So we'll have to enroll Citation to to get him involved in your initiative and do. Right. Uh, yeah. Please remind me of the name of your um, recent uh, launch, your your startup with the conservation of the animals. It's called Alveus. Um, Alveus. Alveus Sanctuary. Cool um, so yeah, this guy yeah. this guy streams. He has a, I guess he does. This looks like Flight Simulator um, and stuff. But I linked to his channel. So yeah, we'll all connect awesome. about that kind of thing. Great. That's very cool. Um, awesome. Jude, thank you for the $20 donation. Guys, Michael is, has offered potentially in the future um, to help transport animals for Alveus if if we need that. And then also beyond that, to, to do a rescue mission for like a YouTube video or something, that would be really, really neat. Um, so there's that. Okay. Well, we do we do live stream. Um, we're starting to live stream our rescues when we get on the ground. Obviously, we don't have the internet in the air, but we're starting to live stream our missions on our Twitch channel. Mm -hmm. And we're doing... A mission tomorrow to save those 20 puppies um so you could expect to see that on our our twitch channel tomorrow nice that's awesome i love that um so guys if you want to follow the twitch channel you can do command org and the the link is will be right there um okay more questions that we've had let's see um oh this one's fun blaine said what is your favorite animal that you've ever flown that's a great question um of course, the wolf and the sea turtle are amazing rescues that we don't get to do on a day-to-day -day basis. The ones that really stick out in my mind um, were some of the sickest animals that you really grabs you. It really grasps your, you tugs on your heartstrings to know that these animals were going to be euthanized if we didn't rescue them. Like mm -hmm. sometimes as short as 24 hours, and it's usually the ones that are sick and they just don't have the space for them, and you have to put down. The ones that come to mind are we rescued a dog with cerebral palsy. This dog didn't have really good use of its hind legs. It kind of dragged itself. Mm -hmm. And um, they were getting ready to put this dog down, but they found a family that was willing to foster the dog for as long as necessary. And that's just amazing to hear. The, to be able to witness the triumph of the human spirit 
that there's a family that's willing to foster a dog like that is amazing. I mean, this, you have to pick this dog up and it was literally like 60 plus pounds. Right. We also, um, another animal we rescued, um, I think the animal's name was Jelly, was a puppy that was born blind. Um, that really is, you know, heartbreaking, but it was so happy. Uh, mm -hmm. All these animals that are sick are so happy and it's like nothing ever happened to them. Right. Uh, you imagine as a human, how hard would it be to be optimistic and positive if you were blind at birth or you ended up with cerebral palsy? Uh, I mean, we, we really have to be grateful to have our health. Um, and um, the other story that I like to tell is before I was really experienced at this, um, I didn't I didn't create all the animals. Um, and there's this device in the plane called a trim wheel. It's literally like a wheel. Sometimes it's on the dash of the plane. Sometimes it's sort of where the console in your car would be. And what it does is it takes the control pressures out of the plane. If you imagine like pulling that yoke when you're climbing, uh, you're climbing altitude, you can trim this wheel and it takes that pressure out. It's like a, it, it holds the wheel. It's like a, a device that helps you fly a little easier, take mm -hmm. those pressures out. Well, that animal was not in a crate or tethered. And I went to go put my hand on that um, control wheel and his head was right on top of it. So I like to call it a, a dog wheel. And I have a picture on my website, I think, with that. It was pretty funny. He was just like this, with his face out on the wheel. And I, here I am trying to, to, to do it. But uh, yeah, so those are some of the, the great stories. Um, I have countless other ones, but those are just a few. Chat, is there something wrong with my mic now? Or is it is it still bad? It's fine now. It's just a spike. That's weird. OK. Um, OK. Uh, Drizzy tipped $100, <laughs> Blink Thank tipped you. $20, and Leonard with $10. Um, so that's $2,288. Thank you. Uh, which is amazing. It is. Another, Very generous. Another interesting question here is, KZ asked, what is your favorite and least favorite part of your job? My favorite, uh, I mean, I wish this was my full-time job, but it's right. definitely becoming more of a reality. But my favorite part of the job, well, I, I do love flying, but I also love saving these animals. So it's it's hard. It's, uh, you know, it's those two things are amazing. They're equally my favorite, the flying and the saving animals. Mm -hmm. If I have to be more specific, it's hearing about the the families that actually adopt these animals. Mm. We don't often get to follow every animal from start to finish. We hear about the backstory, the horrendous conditions that they come from, and it could be that they were abandoned. Um, what's happening right now with a lot of these animals with COVID is people are being evicted um, and wherever they're going, they can no longer, they don't allow pets or they can't afford to take care of the pet anymore. Right. Um, that's happening a lot right now. Um, so we hear about the backstory about the animal, but we don't always hear about the adoptions. And part of that is us not being proactive enough to find out about that them, but also these shelters are just very strapped for, for manpower. Um, the receiving shelters are focused on getting them adopted out. But when we do hear the stories, that is very um, rewarding and fulfilling to see the families and how when I save 20 puppies, I know that 20 families are gonna receive this unconditional love and have this animal for 10, 15 years. You know, you think about all that loyalty um, from and the, the goodness and the happiness that that pet provides. And I'm spreading it out exponentially by the act of something that I love doing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I feel like a kid in a candy store. It doesn't feel like work to me at all. Yeah. That's what I love about this job. 
now that I'm saying this to you, Maya, and your wonderful uh, supporters, they say you should find something that you love do doing, and then the rest will fall into place. That really what it, that's what this is about. The more work I put into this organization, the more I get back in fulfillment and happiness and good fortune. The good fortune that comes to me, I, I can't explain the things that happen to me. I don't know if it's luck. I think it's this work that I do. Mm. So um, that would be my favorite thing. The least favorite thing, the least favorite thing is the labor of love. It's cleaning up the poop and the pee <laughs> and the vomit. And by the way, the animals, unfortunately, end up doing this just as you load them in the plane, just as you start up the engine, right. and then you're dealing with it the, the whole flight. flight. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes these flights are three, four hours one way. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, you, you get used to the smells and stuff like that, but it's cleaning it out afterwards. It's all the grunt work and preparation. If I, Did you show the sea turtle video? Yes. Yeah. So I'm not kidding you, like trying to get that plane in and out of the hangar when it snows like that in the uh -huh. Northeast. They, they have a tug at the airport. Like there's someone that will come and tug it, but it takes forever. <laughs> yeah. And when the airport gets busy like that, forget it. You're wasting valuable time. So it's literally that guy, the, my co-pilot, Dan, who comes to me a lot, Daniel, mm -hmm. um, we're taking these ice picks and shovels and this is all this ice. And that plane, if you see those tires, they're like this big. Yeah. They're tiny. They're not meant to go over ice and snow like that. Right. And it's, we're pulling something that full, you know, with fuel, it's like 3,000 pounds. Jeez. So um, that's my least favorite is cleaning up after the animals, the smells, and dealing with all the prep of the plane. It's so much preparation, but it's worth it. Yeah, it sounds worth it. That's so cool. Um, Bujito tip twenty dollars. Uh, thank you, Bujito. Thank you. Okay, let's see more. Um, hmm, that's a question I'll save for the end. Uh, Soggy Burrito asked, "Have you ever done a barrel roll?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't done any aerobatic flying. Well, I shouldn't say that. I once took a glider and we did some aerobatic flying, but not a barrel roll. Okay. Um, that is on my bucket list. <laughs> they, any instructor will encourage a pilot to take some aerobatic flying because if you find yourself in one of those situations, you know how to get out of it. And they teach you like spin and stall awareness. Uh, obviously, you practice maneuvers like um, you purposely put yourself in stalls. And that's not the, that's not the engine stalling. That's the wind, uh, the pressure under the wing stalling. So basically, you put your, the plane in such an attitude that it can no longer maintain lift. There's not enough pressure underneath those wings. Oh and if you don't correct that stall, you will like start to fall out of the sky. You feel it. You hear a stall warning, the plane vibrates sometimes and you feel yourself. It's like that feeling in the pit of your stomach. You feel that. Mm -hmm. And they purposely put you through that because that is a situation a lot of pilots, including myself, have gotten into. And it usually happens when you're distracted. Um, distraction is really bad thing with flying a plane. Now I have autopilot and I use it a lot um, because it's, it frees me up to do other things. But a lot of these beginning pilots, the planes that they're flying don't necessarily have autopilot. They're doing a lot of hand flying. So they have this thing, like if you drop a, a pen, uh -huh. you do not want to go pick up that pen because when you look up, you could be in this crazy attitude uh, and not know how to get out of it. Oh so, um, but that's a long question to your answer. No, I have not been in a barrel. Um, and I will not be doing that after eating a sloppy burrito. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, Cindy tip $10, Leek tip $10, or tip $30. Thank you guys. Um, Thank you. Oh, there was another question. I lost it. Oh, uh, Dritz asked, 
Obviously, this could be far-fetched for now, but in the future, could you see yourself possibly extending elsewhere, et cetera, into Europe outside of the U.S.? We get a lot of requests um, to extend outside the country. Um, most of the pilots that we have and the planes that we fly with it, with exception to citation. All so right. that's citation. a call for citation. <laughs> um, these planes are not really appropriate for international flights. Canada and Mexico, certainly. If you're in Texas, getting to Mexico, no big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, Canada, that's no big deal even for me being in New York. But um, when you're talking about Europe, um, bringing those animals to the U.S., because um, we get a lot of requests for that, especially with hurricanes and natural disasters, even the Korean dog trade and mm -hmm. eating dogs, mm -hmm. which is just crazy to me. Um, we get those requests a lot. So there's that portion of your question, because I don't know if you're asking about flying dogs from other countries to the U.S. or the other, what you might be asking is starting up pilots to rescue in other countries. That would make more sense. Working with local pilots in Europe to rescue animals and doing public benefit flights, working with local pilots in Mexico um, to work with animals and public benefit flying there. But again, a lot of these planes are just, they don't have the range. These are single, most of these planes, I would say 95% of the planes that our volunteers fly are single engine prop planes. Okay. They don't go that fast. Like they struggle to go 200 miles per hour. Most of them probably go like 150. Um, and they don't really have the range. The range might be anywhere from, depending on how it's loaded, fuel, et cetera, could be like 400 to 800 miles um, on a full tank of gas. So as you can imagine, going 150 to 200 miles per hour with only 400 to 800 miles, it's going to be difficult to, to fly to those other countries. Right. But uh, to answer your question, yes, I would love to start up um, chapters. Uh, I kind of envision rolling this organization out um, similar to Civil Air Patrol. Civil Air Patrol is a Air Force auxiliary. So the Air Force permits them, permits um, Civil Air Patrol to operate under their jurisdiction and their volunteer pilots such as myself. Mm -hmm. And they do like surveillance and stuff like that. But the point being is that they have chapters and they have members in those chapters that run it mm -hmm. um, independently and check in with headquarters. So I envision run, rolling out pilots to rescue nationwide and globally like that because again i'm only one person mm -hmm. and uh i want to give this gift of aviation i want to give this gift of saving animals and people through aviation to other pilots and guys like citation and other people are constantly coming to me how can i get involved i want to rescue animals i just want them to have what i have right and this this feeling of happiness and fulfillment doing this and uh i also want to further aviation and it's it's General aviation is a dying thing. It really is. We need, more, we need more women in aviation. We need more private pilots. It's expensive. It's time consuming. It's nerve wracking. Yes, I get that. Mm -hmm. But when you become a pilot, you can do anything. You really can. It's, it makes everything else in your life seemingly small when you are piloting this aircraft and you have that responsibility. So it may appear to a lot of people when you're flying, like you're just flying a plane, but it is the ultimate um, ultimate experience to be able to do that and take your friends and whatnot. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of uh, you, you wanting to share aviation with people, somebody asked, what was your path to get to this job uh, in college after graduation? That was Jackson 10s. I know you I know you talked earlier about the skydiving, but do you have any advice for people if they want to get into aviation? Yeah. So going back earlier to what I said, I would take a discovery flight at your local airport. 
So I don't know what the current statistics are, but I'm pretty sure there's nearly 4,000 airports in the United States, um, which is probably mind-boggling to people because they're only used to the major airports that they fly in and out of. There's 4,000 airports, of which most of them are too small for these big jets like Delta and American fly. These are your little podunk airports, your neighborhood airports. Um, I, there's different websites out there. Um, there's one called AirNav. Um, you could you could Google uh, airport database to find like the closest airport to you. You can even go to Google Maps, go to your address and type in airport, and you'll find you'll see a lot of airports you never knew about right under your nose. Call up the flight school because they almost always have a flight school, mm -hmm. and tell them you want to take a discovery flight. It's roughly, um, I think you're going to find, depending on where you live, anywhere from $100 to $200 to rent the plane for one hour. Jeez, that's um, it could, not nearly yeah. as much as I expected. <laughs> no. I mean, it, could go, it can be more than that, certainly. Uh -huh. um, you don't need the fancy plane, by the way. I, I'm a little old school. A lot of pilots are. You don't need these fancy planes with all the, you know, what they call glass cockpits, like the brand new screens in the plane mm -hmm. um there's plenty of planes that's if you fly with these old school steam gauges these round dials it's good to learn on those old school planes because that's generally what's you're going to have available to you unless you have a lot of money um and you want to fly those brand new planes which, which is great also but yeah 100 to 200 dollars an hour plus the instructor which probably is about 50 to 75 dollars an hour mm -hmm. so 150 to 275 dollars for a one hour discovery flight he or she, meaning the instructor, they're going to do the takeoff and landing. But once they get you at a reasonable altitude, they're going to let you do, um, they may let you do certain maneuvers. You'll be able to climb. You'll be able to descend. You'll be able to turn. You'll do all this, all kinds of stuff. Maybe work the radios a little bit. So that's a great way to see if this is something that's for you. Yeah. And if it is, you start taking lessons. And my advice is commit yourself to it. Uh, don't just fly when you have time, like commit yourself to it. Try to do it in a year and go at least two to three times a week. What happens is if you just say, oh, I'm going to get my pilot's license sometime in the future. If you have too much space in between the lessons, it's going to take so much longer. It's going to take a long time. You forget. We all forget. And a lot of it's muscle memory. It's just like probably playing flight simulator or some of these sophisticated mm -hmm. video games even. There's a learning curve, and they talk about something called situational awareness in aviation. Um, I, I would imagine the same thing's true in video games. I, I, I don't play video games as much as I used to, but I remember when I first booted up that game, I'm like, whoa, this is overwhelming. I got this thing here. I got a navigation tool here. I got different buttons. The more you practice, the more that stuff becomes second nature. That's called situational awareness. And in aviation, that's really important because aviation is like, the ultimate patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time. Yeah. It's multitasking like crazy. Uh, probably what you're doing right now, Maya. Um, with, <laughs> Sorry with everything about the typing noises yet. No, no, it's all good. But um, yeah, so my advice is commit yourself to it. Don't wait for the perfect time. There's no perfect time to do this, but commit yourself to it when you start and work really hard at it so you can complete it in a year. Depending on where you live, you can complete it in a year, and the national average used to be 60 hours. I'm not sure what it is now. But let's say it's 60 to 100, whatever. That's reasonable, 60 to 100 hours. I would budget probably between 10 and on the high end, $25,000 to get a pilot's license. If you're willing to do an accelerated program, and they have a lot of them, like Arizona, I think Idaho, they, these obscure flight schools do these accelerated programs. Not my favorite way to learn, but if you're on a tight budget and you want to do it quickly, some of these people can get you a pilot's license like in 
10 days, um, which is, which is insane to me. Um, I got my pilot's license in Cincinnati. Uh, by the way, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't tell you it took me, uh, two years. And I think it took me over a hundred hours to get my pilot's license because I was that person that was just telling all of you guys not to be. I was that person that was looking for the perfect time. Mm -hmm. I was that person that said, oh, I don't have time this week. I looked at my logbook, which is what you write on all your flights. Mm -hmm. I went two months without flying once. Mm -hmm. And it's the worst thing to do because it's like starting all over. So don't be like me. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm telling you guys. But um, yeah, you can do these accelerated courses. But when I got back from Cincinnati, when I moved back to New York, I, it was like learning all over again because New York airspace is some of the busiest airspace in the world. Mm -hmm. That is also something to take into consideration when you're learning, but leave that up to the instructor. Don't worry if you live in a major city, whether it's Dallas or whatnot, they know how to navigate around that busy airspace. They're going to take you to places where they don't have to worry about dealing with all that traffic. Um, but the nice thing about living in those major air areas is that when you get your pilot's license, if you can fly there, you can fly anywhere. Um, like in New York, they say, if you can live in New York, you can live anywhere. If you can fly in New York's busy airspace, you can fly anywhere. Mm. Nice. Yeah. There you go, chat. So, if you're interested in that, that was a lot of really great advice. Um, so yeah. very cool. That discovery flight thing is something I did not know about. Um, that's super interesting. Yeah. Aviation doesn't do the best job at promoting general aviation. Um, you know, they, they try, but it just seems it's like such an elusive thing to people. Mm -hmm. I, I'd love to, I'm curious how many people that are listening actually know someone who's a private pilot, you know, not a commercial pilot, but just a private pilot. Um, uh, hopefully more than I expect, but I know we're kind of a dying breed. So I would love for more people to get involved in aviation. That's what's going to keep my mission going. There you go. Um, there are a couple people that have said things about planes that I don't understand that I imagine are uh, involved in aviation <laughs> in chat or sure. ask questions about it. Um, so you guys can check out the website. That that could be really cool, making lots of cool connections today. Um, so James tipped $10, Scott tipped $5. So we're at $2,373.11. Um, and we only have a couple minutes here. So if there's anything else that you want to talk about or you want to shout out or whatever you want, now's your time. Okay. Well, first again, thank you, Maya. Thank you, Twitch Universe. Um, $2,300 makes more of a difference than you guys think. No donation is too small. Um, we appreciate everything. Flying is extremely expensive. Um, a lot of this comes out of my own pocket. Um, I know that seems crazy to think that, that it would, would go out of my own pocket, but it also comes out of the private pilot's pocket mm -hmm. because the IRS and the FAA have rules in place that don't allow us to be compensated for flight. So right. the reason I mentioned this, besides the fact that I have to pay for these flights out of my own pocket, meaning I have an arrangement with Pilots to Rescue to sort of rent the plane every time I fly it, whether it's for a mission or otherwise. But the reason I mentioned this, um, besides the fact that it comes out of my own pocket, is this is why you don't have Uber in the sky. It's as simple as that, because then you would have everybody like me, you know, making money flying you to, because no, who wants to take a commercial flight right now with COVID, right? Right. So um, I point that out because I put my money where my mouth is. I pay upwards of $250 an hour to fly this plane. And our average flight um, for rescue missions is six hours. That's $1,500 coming out of my pocket every time I do one of these rescue missions. But again, your money that you guys are donating goes to all the things that support that. Mm -hmm. The organization owns and maintains the plane. 
we support the volunteer pilots and all our volunteers that help us, whether it's through merch, whether it's um, through uh, customer service and support, helping them with the crates, um, you know, however we can help. Uh, we can buy supplies ourselves as an organization. We're getting involved in that this year, buying uh, supplies for the shelters down south that desperately need food and leashes and stuff like that. So we do that. Um, but it's really appreciated. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, lots tipped a hundred dollars to with five and then tipsy with $25. So that got us to our $2,500 donation goal. Um, awesome. so $2,508 and 11 cents. Um, I will let you know the, uh, I'll send you an email with the final donation amount after I finish up and, and close up here, but thank you so much. This was so cool and so unique too, for this podcast. Um, a, a really different organization, but I, I really appreciate what you guys do. So thank you, Maya. Yeah. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about doing a flight and I will let you know if I have animals in the future that I would love to do that with. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks everyone. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that was nice. Earth eclipse with $20 for the pups named after planets. Love that. Thank you. Um, cool podcast, huh? Uh, I was, to be honest, when, when this pot, when I got the request for this one, I was very confused. I was like, I don't really know what's going on here, but that ended up being really, really interesting. Um, always fun to do something a little bit different. Uh, so I have a little bit of an issue with the quiz. I was not, <laughs> I did not inform Chuck that the, that the podcast was two hours earlier. Um, so I don't think he's awake. Uh, so Chuck, so we don't have a quiz. Um, and I didn't know until I checked the doc, like more than halfway through the podcast and it's still the wolf questions. And I was like, oh shit. Or, oh shoot. Um, he just, oh, Chuck, what's up? Don't worry about it, man. That's, that's completely my bad. I should have messaged you. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Chuck just, people call me and shit. Okay. Um, but to be completely honest, the reason that I checked the doc is because I was expecting a message or something from Chuck in the doc that was like, I don't know what questions to write or something like that, because uh, I don't really know what questions would have been written for this podcast because it was so different. So DMs, if you did you write one? Oh, my God, you did. Oh, my God. Okay. Big shout outs to uh, my team, because multiple members of my team sent me quizzes. So now we have double the questions that we need. Space and Danny picking up the, picking up the slack. Let's go. That's, that's my bad. Thank you so much. All right, let's do a quiz. I'm going to have to copy paste, uh, like old school. So it won't be as quick, but I will do that. Cal with $20. Thank you so much. Um, all right, so the way that the quiz works, Orion is so antsy. I'm sorry for all the noise today. Um, I have to fly this bird. I, like, he's so antsy. He wants off the perch. He broke his tether the other day. He was flying around this room. He's like, he's got to go. Uh, <laughs> so we have a, I have his outdoor enclosure in the back of my truck, but it's all frozen to get, all the panels are frozen together. There's like icicles hanging from the panels in the back of my truck. So the guy that was supposed to build them obviously can't build them right now. Um, but his enclosure is in my truck. It just has to be built outside so that he can get outside more often. Um, also, cool news for Orion, um, the collaboration that I'm doing with uh, Corridor Digital and my sponsor, 
um, is happening, oh gosh, in less than a week. Uh, they're flying out here. So that'll be really cool. You guys can look forward to that. I'm not going to stream it or anything, um, but they're 3D printing a, a clip to put on this camera that's only 24 grams. Um, it's like it's a new model camera or something and and they're putting it on orion and they're putting it on my sponsor's birds so really cool stuff could come out of that anyway um the way this quiz works it's based on my conversation today with michael pretty easy space and danny wrote the questions i'm just gonna pick uh pick between the two and if you win the, you win the quiz by getting as many answers right as quickly as you can so you get points based on how fast you click and and if it's correct um, if you win the quiz and you're not already a sub to my channel, I'll gift you a sub. If you are a sub, then you can ask me to donate an additional $5 to Pilots to the Rescue, or you can ask for a sub anywhere else on Twitch. Um, so yeah, command quiz, if you want more information on that, make sure that uh, you click enable access. I will apologize in advance for any glitches. We've had some glitches lately um, with, with the quiz kit as a whole, so uh, be aware of that. But I will be back in like a couple minutes because I need to do like... The whole copy and paste thing. All right. So hold on one second. I'll be back. set up. Here we go. Are you ready? 
Hmm. Wait, where's... Star quiz. Here we go. Okay. Space and Danny, thank you for the thank you for the quiz questions. Select. Oh my gosh, I don't remember what order I pasted them in. Uh, so I may or may not be able to read them out to you. Okay, I think that the first question is how many animals is uh, Pilots to the Rescue on track to rescue this year? It's sending the rules to you guys right now. Still not showing up? You can't- saying the answer in chat does nothing. Just so you know. I didn't know you could see the- You can see that? I just put whatever in because I was in a rush. Whenever I do the normal quizzes, I never knew you could see that. That's crazy. All right. How many animals are they on track to rescue this year? Um, <laughs> is it 500? Is it 1,000? Is it two? Or is it none? Smile. Three, two, one. There are two harder questions and three of them are pretty easy. So this is one of the easier ones, I think. If you were here for the podcast, it would be easy. If not, not easy. Um, the correct answer is 1,000. Um, Bernie already got it wrong. That's tough. Then let's see the second question. Oh man, I don't know what the second question is. I don't remember. Sorry, you're just gonna have to see it when it comes up. So the correct answer is a thousand for this one, which is sick. Um, 246 people got that right. Who got it right the fastest? Da -da -da -da. Warber. Well done. I don't know why it does that, because I really don't think that people didn't allow access, or that many people. Okay, the next question is, when was Pilots to the Rescue founded? Um, was it uh, 2010, 2015, 2020, or 1998? It didn't show yours? Sorry, man. I don't know. Don't know what that's about. He said this pretty quickly, so this is one of the harder questions. Um, the correct answer is 2015. Schlepke has already given up. The name shows at the end sometimes, interesting. Okay. Some people threw, some people are very excited. The correct answer is 20, 2015, 267 people got that right. This is one of the harder questions. 149 people got that wrong with 2010. Well, more than 149 people got it wrong. Josh got that right the fastest, followed by LP and then Warber. But Warber is still in the lead. Because he got two really good scores. Then LP is under. And then Ali Bai is under that. The next question is, what is the best way to start with getting into aviation? Don't click that one answer. I couldn't think of another one. Is it a discovery flight? Is it fly commercial a lot and bother the pilot? Or is it steal a plane? Reptile clicked it. Why did I die on? Who clicked it? 
Misma. Um, the correct answer is a discovery flight, which is a really, really interesting thing that we learned about today. I didn't know that that was a thing. 391 people got that correct, and 63 people said me smile and meant it. Red, and then Lynx, but Warber is still in the lead. Warber got a really good score on that question as well. Okay. The next question, it's sending it to you guys. The next question is, what endangered species was rescued last year by Pilots to the Rescue? Was it a polar bear? Was it a dog, a red wolf, or a cat? Lots of people saying easy clap. Are they lying? Let's find out. Waiting for players. The correct answer is red wolf. Nice. Well done. 486 people got that correct. Nuts. Your hair scares me. Yeah, well, sorry. Lynx in the lead with this one, then Diggin, then troubling but warber is still in the lead followed by josh and then side ramen who's climbing up out of nowhere um this is the last question i think the average flight time during rescue missions this is a harder one uh, another one that was kind of brushed by but is it 12 hours is it an hour is it eight hours or does it take about six hours average Okay, a lot of people getting that correct in chat, which means nothing. Um, definitely don't do that, because you're giving people the answer, and you're not getting any points. <laughs> they gotta go, man. Uh, six hours is correct. Have I told you about that? You know that they're there, right? No? Oh, okay, take a guess. It's freezing outside uh, and snowing and freezing, below freezing every night. So yes, the crows are just free lofted in my rehab room, just destroying it, um, destroying it. But I bring them back on Tuesday. Um, the correct answer is six hours. Train freaked out when he saw that there were crows in there or when he heard them, flipped out. 348 people got that correct. Warber wins the quiz again. Josh coming in close second and Ali Bai in third. Warber, I think you're already a sub. What do you want? Where is he? Where is he? He knows how this works. Add five. You got it. People saying Warber's a cheater. Warber's probably just on mobile, so use your resources better. <laughs> Alright, an additional- oh, oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Sorry, I- I was logged into the wrong PayPal.
My computer's confused because I'm logged into Alvaeus' PayPal. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Log out. I failed the quiz. Sad. Alright, try this. Text message. What's gonna work? Teamwork. Did you guys hear about the black-footed ferret? That was cloned. Why is it $3? God. Yes, no. Um, Reviver Store, I don't know if you remember Reviver Store being on the podcast. Oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Oh my gosh, I can't do anything right. Reviver Store was on the podcast. Uh, and they have just successfully cloned a black-footed ferret from an individual that died 32 years ago um, by using a domestic ferret as the carrier, but the DNA of the, the ferret that died 32 years ago. Um, it is the first successfully cloned endangered species in the U.S. And that's huge because it adds genetic diversity to the population. Because right now the, the population of black-footed ferrets in the wild is super inbred um, and not genetically diverse, but because they made this clone, she's the most genetically valuable black-footed ferret on the planet. Um, and actually, I'm just going to show you the picture now that we're talking about it. I just donated the additional five. Um, here, look at this. Check this out, man. How crazy is this? So, Reviver Store worked with the Frozen Zoo at, at San Diego, um, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, and Via Gen Pets uh, to, to clone the spirit, which is a huge, just, just huge uh, world-changing stuff that they're doing. Um, at Revive and Restore. Anyway, okay. So, it's incredible how far tech has come. Absolutely. $2,556.69. Incredible. I have a ton of work to do today, so I'm going to get off and um, do some of that. Uh, and then... I will probably be back. I will probably stream tonight. It depends what people are doing. I don't know if I don't know if people are able to get home. I don't know if Train's able to go back home today or Schlatt or whatever. They're still here. Um, so it really depends. I'm sorry that I haven't streamed. Thank you, Max. Um, you guys know what's been going on in Texas. So, oh, you know what? Today is Fireball Friday. Okay, so maybe I'm streaming. Maybe I'll stream tomorrow. Um, but it's been a crazy week. Uh, it's, it's really been, it's been nice having everybody here. Um, also just realizing like how lucky we are to have people around us that can buy a bunch of food so that we've just been like chilling. I mean, it's not hot food, but it's food. Um, so that's amazing. And then just being around friends has been really cool. Even when we don't have power, just like sitting around and like listening to train rant is, has just been so entertaining and so funny. Um, so I'm really grateful to have people around me in a situation like this, and I know that not everybody is that lucky. Um, so it's been pretty eye-opening, pretty crazy. It, when Also, our phones don't work when we don't have power. Um, so, like, you know, you can't even, like, refresh Twitter or whatever. So sitting there and, like, not having access to that kind of thing is really an eye-opening experience. I know that's kind of stupid, but since my job has become social media, 
um, I'm on social media like constantly, you know, like I'm on my phone constantly. Um, and so not being able to get into that and the having to just like sit there is actually cool. Um, something that I should do more often. And I know that's not a novel concept, but that part has been pretty, pretty neat as well. Um, so no TikToks. Yeah. Uh, no housewives tomorrow because, um, one of, one of the housewives can't be there. So we're, uh, we're rescheduling. Um, so it'll probably be the following week. I'm going to raid, I'm going to raid big man outdoors. Yeah. I'm going to raid big man outdoors. Uh, he's sick. He does really, really cool content outside. Um, in the snow, if you want to see actual snow, stick around for the raid. Uh, I'll see you guys tonight on Mrs. Channel, and I will see you tomorrow, probably for a Peepo Candle, probably just for a desktop, and we'll we'll react and, and whatever and hang out, because I really feel like I need to make up some hours here. Um, cool. Thanks for watching. Good podcast. Really fun. Cool organization. I'll see you guys tonight for Fireball Friday. People bug. Bye. I'm going to fly this bird soon, I swear. He just can't right now. I feel so bad.